Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, it's Cinebuds. <laughs> I am 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about Sorry to Bother You. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. Oh, yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs> yeah, first <laughs> off, you should see this movie. See this movie. Sorry yeah. to bother you. You both loved it. Sorry to bother you is the directorial debut from Boots Riley. It stars Lakeith Stanfield. Absolutely. Who was in the TV series Atlanta. Yeah. He was also in the movie Get Out. Get Out. Yeah. And is just an intensely likable yeah. actor. Something about his face and his voice. For real. I just, I'd see anything with him in it. I just enjoy watching and listening to him. Same. Can you give me a rundown of the plot, K-Pod? What's yeah. Sorry to Bother You about? about? A young man who needs a job, and he gets one as a telemarketer. And I love that the basis for this film is about telemarketing, which yes. is super boring. Uh, but And then it amps up to this fantastical <laughs> journey and struggle. But he gets a job as a telemarketer. Uh, and then uh, he meets kind of an old timer played by Danny Glover who suggests, you know, you'll do better if you use your white voice, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And he does. And, and he skyrockets to telemarketing fame. And the white voice is dubbed over voice of David yeah. Cross. <laughs> David Cross is Lakeith Stanfield's white so voice. So it's literally dubbed over him, which adds this like fantastical. And the whole thing is very surreal like that. Yeah. And it is fantastic. And it's a movie about a telemarketer uh, moving up the chain. Yeah. But it is also about racism. And it is also about classism. The function of art, reality TV. Oh, yeah. It's a commentary on the collective will. Oh boy, this is getting smart. It is a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, I think that's part of the big draw. It talks about all these uh all of these very big issues. Yeah. And it is it it never once is over dramatic. It maintains the fact that it is intensely funny yeah it is bizarre yeah it is weird it's funny it's serious it's wonderful and don't be put off by bizarre it is accessibly bizarre bizarre is bizarre is a great bizarre is fantastic great i never shrink from bizarre but some people yeah it is and it's a great because the the bizarre aspects of it are kind of peppered into the beginning and then they amp up which is a great it's a great pacing for it yeah I love the movie, and uh, we were talking. I've heard somebody refer to it perfectly as a cross between a Spike Lee film and a Spike Jones film. I think it's that so, is perfect. It, it nails it, and not to diminish what Boots Riley does, he definitely has his own style and his own thing. But he has that uh, intensity and in dealing with the topics like of a of a Spike Lee, and stylistically, a little bit, you know, has his own style. But then uh, has that whimsy and that kind of, uh, like you said, the, the surreal aspect. Of a Spike Jones film that's kind of playful. Sorry to bother you. It is a wonderful, wonderful film. You should definitely 100% see it. Where did you see it, Kate Pauling? I saw it at The Majestic. I saw it at South Shore over on 13th. Yeah. It opens at The Times yeah, this, this week. Friday, I believe. So it's yeah. playing all over Milwaukee. It is a fantastic fantastic movie yeah i think it's gonna be the if i don't know when they say sleeper hit of the summer i think that just means 
it does like it, it's a hit, but they didn't expect it. Yeah, uh, but I definitely think it's a smaller it's a smaller film amongst all the blockbusters, but I think it's really gonna make a make a splash. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year round through Milwaukee Film checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com/mkefilm. Member FDIC. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. Boom. Um, uh, we are back and we are going to go into spoilers. Oh my gosh, that was manual. You had no button for that. That's impressive. And uh, sorry to bother you. If you have seen it, it is very weird and has a lot of stuff that goes on, and we want to talk about it all. Yeah. And we don't want to hit it in the uh, broadcast version, but we definitely want to talk about it here. Yeah. Sorry about you. Like you said, uh, like love the balance. Uh, it's like a Spike Lee, Spike and, Lee a Spike and Spike Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um. So let's hit on the Spike Lee portion right yeah. here <laughs> because it hits on a lot of social issues. So Lakeith Stanfield plays uh this this character that is you know he becomes a telemarketer terry cruz is in it which terry we forgot to, so to mention but just a little bit part yeah but like just a perfect he's amount. another one where i just like listening to him like his presence makes me very comfortable on screen yeah he's so funny and he's just he's charming but he's also this giant i love lovable giants lovable giant yeah. terry cruz yeah. definitely and uh, as we said before lakeith just intensely likable. Yeah. Just a super likable guy. But, um, and so he gets this job as a telemarketer. He's told by Danny Glover that he should do his his white voice yeah. to become more successful. And then he does. And then the telemarketers start a union. Yeah. And to me, that was some real interesting conversation about the collective will. Yeah. You know, and the... When all these people are doing something, they're standing up together, and he had to do this thing where he's like, I I need to do my thing to succeed. Yeah. Which I thought was super interesting to be like, these people want collective success, and he is saying, I need to get my individual success. Yeah. And, it, and it's also against uh, – so what he discovers when he's about to be made what they call a power caller. So he, uh, start, he realizes a lot of the calls he's going to make as a power caller for this company called Worry Free – which is dis- it's disguised slave slave labor. Yes, you, they don't pay you, but they house you and feed you, uh, and they make it look like everyone's happy, but it's a miserable like situation. And he now realizes he's going to make a lot more a lot more money, but he's going to do it on the backs of this terrible organization. Yeah, which to me is like this. Also, this really interesting commentary on like socialism and and capitalism mm. because it is this this workforce that is. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is out of my grasp. You know, this is too smart for me, but thoughts are coming into my head. You know? (laughs) Well, that's what a movie is. And it's also like... movie does. Yeah, Yeah, I know. And uh, and, uh, we may have to struggle for it. We may have to struggle for it, but these thoughts are put into your head. But I agree with the... the, He talks about... Because Boots Riley, the director, was also talking about how there's a lot of obstacles in this film and it's a dark comedy, but he says... He thinks it leaves you with the idea of what people can do when they work together. So not only when they do the um, – when, when the – Union? Union, thank you. Uh, when the union 
uh, kind of fights back, but also when they have to fight back physically and together in the streets at some point because it all amps up. Um, but it, it, yeah, you he kind of has a realization like, no, I do need to stand with everybody to get this accomplished. Yeah, and I think that's what also really the movie does a great job of like leaving you feeling like, oh yeah, this is also very telling of our time. Yeah, because it deals with a ton of issues that uh, are happening today, but it does it it does it smartly and it does it with some comedy as well yeah and th- this movie he goes through stages cashes he does his own thing goes against the collective action yeah. of the union and then gets to be in this position of power sees what that power is yeah. and uh, then ultimately goes against it right. and says like this is not worth it and uh, is tempted by money and right. by all of these tempted by all these things and then ultimately goes back and yeah. is a good person um, there is a couple scenes in here uh, on the Spike Lee version where, um, I mean, they just talk about everything, but there are a couple scenes, and I want to talk about one in particular where uh, it, that involves race. Mind you, we are two white guys here. What? We- <laughs> oh, yeah. And we are, we're going to talk about this issue, so bear bear with us here. Um, there is a moment where he comes into the inner circle of power yeah. and he is at this party that is majority, it's, it's all white people. Yeah, yeah. Except for a couple of workers who he, they invited, including him. And the like head of this company um, is talking to him and it comes to a point where they all chant rap. Yeah. And they're forcing him to rap. Yeah, it's brilliantly, the head of this organization, brilliantly played by Army Hammer, who's like kind of the perfect symbol of yeah. uh, this corporate, uh, young, rich, white group. And uh, he insists the whole time he does that, it's that trope of the white guy trying, like white culture being obsessed with black culture. Yeah. And uh, and stealing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he he makes all these assumptions about him because he's a black guy. He goes, "Oh, I know you can rap," and, and he says he can't rap. That's and it's it's an intense scene, but it's also extremely funny because Lakeith Stanfield goes, "No, I'm actually quite bad at it." He goes, "I like rap. I like listening to it." And they draw that out. Yeah, they draw it out. It makes it so tense, and they literally, I would say, fifty white men and women surrounding him, just chanting rap. rap yes. Rap. And that is a very real thing that's happened. I have been in rooms where, like, that has happened to, like, a friend that I'm with. And that is, like, if I have witnessed that, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. like, that is a thing that happens and that's crazy. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he does rap, he is, like, clearly out of his element. He can't, He's as he terrible. said. Yeah, and all but he does it because everybody wants him to. And then he just starts saying the N-word. Yeah. And then all of these white people chanted back, which I had like flashbacks to like going to many, many concerts oh, where and they, where yeah, yeah. people chant that yeah. in the audience. And I'm like, what are you doing? I like that there's the moment where even Army Hammer, who's like led this all and everyone's chanting back these lyrics that that Lakeith Stanfield's character, Cassius Green, is essentially saying, this is what they want me to say. Yeah, and that, this is what they want. And they're chanting and even he looks around at everybody like, what <laughs> is happening? Yeah. Like it breaks through, but it it's it's a kind of a power. It's it, it, see, here's why I like this movie so much. Yeah, it is equally powerful, like socially powerful, and hilarious. At yes, the same time. that is yeah. so hard to like have a moment like that, yeah. and for it to be intensely meaningful. Yeah. and to hit hard, and also to be hilarious. And that's why it's such an appropriate 
uh, comparison to Spike Lee. Because Spike Lee has not only done comedies, he's done a handful of comedies. But he, and Do the Right Thing is obviously a perfect example where the the comedy is great, but it is intense. Yeah. Because it deals with some very real things, but he does it. He's incredibly clever about how he he puts that on the screen. Yeah. And the movie is full of stuff like that. That is yeah. just like one moment. Yeah, that's just a sample. That's just a sample of one of many instances where that happens. It was awesome. Um, so uh, wanted to talk about some of the heavier issues of this, but then we also wanted to talk about horse skates. <laughs> <laughs> And coincidentally, this there, movie has them in it. It's got, so the it's movie's a, got everything. It's literally everything. Um, <laughs> so there is this part where he is like in that party that we were just talking about where they chant rap at him. Yeah. And then he uh, wants to go to the bathroom and uh, he is supposed to go to a jade door and he goes into the olive door. The olive door. Yeah. And uh, um, he sees this guy in the bathroom and he opens the door. Yeah, and uh, he sees a horseman, an uh, an equine sapien, an equisapien, equisapien. So uh, this is where the plot amps up super fast. Yes, where he realizes this company is not only selling like uh, labor of humans, but they've created a ra- a hybrid race of workers that are essentially slave labor, where he turns humans into horses. And it really, it's like Literal the logical. It, it's like you listen to it, and you're like, this is how. It's the logical conclusion of like how yeah, where this is all of going. like capitalism and of a company that wants to do things that are efficient yeah. and that make the most sense. And it's like, yeah, like we need workers to work longer and to yeah. do more work. Like we're just going to do this thing. And then they want uh, cashes to be the like they they see that there is going to be <laughs> pushback <Yeah. laughs> because they're like altering the DNA of yeah. these people and they want to like, have him be the like MLK figure of, of the them Equisapiens. of Equisapiens from yeah. the inside. And so they, they offer hilariously, I will give you $100 million yeah. written on a, a napkin <laughs> yeah. with a smiley it's, face. It's like the scene in a James Bond movie where the villain tells you his whole plan, mm-hmm. but the plan is hilarious and ridiculous. Um, and that, yeah, that, so it amps up right away after that. And it's so, it's so hilarious. Um, I do like, uh, I like to go back to the white voice too. Oh yeah. When they discover the white voice. And as we mentioned before, they do voiceovers. They don't just have the actors do their version. Right. And I love what Danny Glover says about it. He goes, it's not a real white voice. It's what white people believe their voice to be, which it's a voice that says everything's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to work out for me. I don't need this. He needs it. That's what the white voice is. It's not actual white people's voices, which was a really great moment. And the fact that they dub them over and they use uh, comedians, famous comedians voices. So David, David Cross, Cross does, Oswald. and Patton Oswalt do the voices. Uh, and there's, it's so, for some reason that voiceover part made me laugh every time. Yeah. It makes it so much funnier that they dubbed him with, especially with recognizable, uh, actors voices. It was so great. And there's so many like, surreal moments in this where when he's in the call center and he literally drops in to whoever he's calling's house oh, yeah. and you like and see what they're doing. a Spike Jones moment where, totally. where it, he imagines himself in the room with the people no matter what they're doing and they're doing terrible things sometimes. There's one scene where he's talking <laughs> to his friends about the high school football team and he's like, what are they doing? And they're, li- they're there. Yeah, they're driving by and then they're in an alley all tackling each other. <laughs> it's visually it's like that. Yeah, it's visually incredibly clever, incredibly funny um, and really colorful and vibrant throughout so uh, even if you I, I i think if you watch this movie with the sound off 
you would still understand it and enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that we could talk about this for ages. It's yeah. a movie that is just so packed with commentary of all sorts yeah. that it really is great to like see with a friend. And I think it's it, going to be. I think it's going to be talked about for a while. I mean, I really think it's going to be a big hit, like an indie hit. And I think those that uh, I really hope to see more from Boots Riley because it's impressive. Oh my god! And this is his directorial debut. Yeah, was, previously he was in music. He was in this uh, uh, hip hop group called The Coop. And then he made this. Yeah. And it didn't absolutely. Yeah, great transition. <laughs> and also, um, Lakeith Stanfield had uh, was my favorite, is like my favorite character in Atlanta. Yeah, I still need to see that. And uh, was amazing in Get Out. Yeah. And I just, I remember watching him in Atlanta and being like, I want to see a movie with this guy. Yeah. And, and we got it. What, I don't know. Did he do stuff before Get Out? Because I had not. That was that, the first time I'd seen him. I'd and now seen. I see him all over the place. Yeah. Go see it. Or if you've already seen it, tell your friends about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie to like, I feel like this is a good movie to buy, to like have yeah. on DVD. It's like, talks about all these big issues, but is intensely rewatchable. Yeah. And I feel like every time you go back, there's so much packed into this yeah. that you're going to see things that are funny and yeah. you're going to notice things that you didn't notice. And these kind of movies, like Spike Jones and uh, and like Michelle Gondry, these movies that have these whimsical, fantastical like aspects to them are like my bread and butter. I love those. I know. I was, and well, so to see yeah. one that has like a very different perspective and viewpoint, it's like, oh, I get to add another director to this like group that I really love. Totally. They actually even make a reference to Michel Gondry in there. There's a video he has to watch, which the video is animated, like this kind of claymation Oh, my animation. God. I totally forgot about they that, ha- and yeah, it was awesome. This beautiful video, and it says directed by Michael Dondry. Oh, my God. Which has got to be a <laughs> direct reference to Michel Gondry, who does work like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, little the, nuggets. Yeah, a little whimsical uh, reference even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for to see more from this guy. Yeah. All right. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. But I'm not. Oh! <laughs> That's it. We have to end on that. That's the kind of All right. content you can expect. <laughs> this, is, this is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. We get sonic inspiration from the License Lab with support from Associated Bank and your membership. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Subscribe to our podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, iTunes, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What are we talking about next week, K-Pop? We're going to talk about summer movies, movies about or take place or have a giant theme of summertime. All right. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.